All right, everybody, happy Thursday. You're probably watching this on a Thursday morning or you're listening on a Thursday morning. We want to welcome you to episode number 26 of the Still City Insider podcast. I'm one of your hosts here, Jeremy Ritz, alongside Matt Cecil, writer for the Still City Insider. And Matt, how are you doing today? Doing great, Jeremy. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right, doing all right. We gave Jim the night off. He's he's relaxing, uh, but we've got a great show for you today. Uh, we're going to spend a lot of time really focusing in on who the Steelers will select at pick number 20 uh, in the first round of the draft. There's a ton of speculation out there that it's going to be a quarterback. Uh, Matt and I may have opposing viewpoints about where this team is going to go, so we will get into that. We're also going to talk about what's going to happen in the second round based on where we see the Steelers going in the first round. We're going to talk about strong safety and the fact that there is still not a starter locked up at the position. And also we'll hit on the wide receiver group uh, to round out the show. But let's get started just with some fresh news, Matt. Um, earlier today, Tyron Matthew, uh, there was a, an interview released where he was talking about this whole free agency process and he made mention about speaking to Mike Tomlin. I think it was something along the lines of, you know, it's pretty cool when you get to talk to Mike Tomlin. Um, it would be great if they can add a safety alongside Minka Fitzpatrick, strong safety, like the Honey Badger. Um, what do you make of this connection that um, Matthew and Tomlin have made? And do you think there's any possibility that he joins the Pittsburgh Steelers defense? There's a possibility, but it's hard to say what he's asking and what they're willing to offer. I would guess, you know, did the Steelers pay and say right around 10 million? Is he asking for 12 or 14? So it just depends if it comes together. I mean, that would be a heck of a signing because then I love what they're doing up the middle. You know, I love Miles Jack and that signing and, you know, him needing a a new environment to play in and, and uh, so there's upside there and building from the inside out now if you got two quality safeties I know everyone's saying hey Minka Fitzpatrick's gonna get paid and they can only pay one but if you can if you can uh, find a way to fit in good football players and, and that's what they're doing yeah with uh, you know being able to sign a Trubisky right now and pay a guy seven to ten million you're not paying a Carson Wentz 27 million or a Garoppolo 30 million or a Cousins 35 million. Now you can fill your roster. And yeah. so I think there's capability of doing that, maybe on a two-year deal. He's 29 years old. He's going to be 30. And uh, you know, Kevin Colbert said this week, you know, he likes to sign guys that are going into their second contract right around 25, 26 years old. And you saw that that age with just about everybody they signed. So mm. um they could go outside the box there. It's just going to be interesting. Wait and see. You, both you and I like, you know, Terrell Edmonds coming back and mm -hmm. we've heard crickets on that. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they did sign the Badger, I mean, that would automatically make uh, that safety tandem the best in the league. There's no question about yeah. it. And just the, the splash possibilities there with Minka mm -hmm. and Matthew. I mean, it would be a significant upgrade, but that is a lot of capital to tie up in two safeties and then you also look at the age 30 years 30 years which isn't it's not that old in, in real life no football in the football world you know they're looking it seems like they're looking to build a roster that um you know is on the younger side and 
I'm really surprised that there hasn't been something solidified here at strong safety. I'm like you, I'd like to see Edmonds uh, yeah. get a deal done, but I think the longer this goes on, I don't see him returning. The more unlikely it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I personally, I don't understand why, you know, he, he's not getting a, at least 5 million a year or something comparable to a J Ron curse. You know, some of the guys out there that got 5 million playing starting starting strong safety deals out there and he's always healthy uh, he's gotten better every year maybe not in the way that people want mm-hmm. in terms of uh, star impact or big play impact but he's solid yeah and yep. uh, you know he's reliable he's fast and you know he's he's physical so uh, it's a little surprising but we don't know what he's asking for either but and he had his best season last year. And, you know, you hate to see the team invest all their resources in a player just to let him go. And then he signs elsewhere. Um, you know, I, I want to see them hold on to him because you, you mentioned something, too. He is he does stay healthy. His availability is always great. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, but I don't think something you, they're seeing, too, in the film. I mean, he's not getting a job anywhere else. Right. So, right. you know, we only have this fraction of the story and, you know, our, opinion i always like to say it's it's subjective right i mean i'm not pouring over film uh, but what i see you know i try to give the best opinion i can and i, I just think he's been a solid football player yeah uh, for them especially the last year so it'd be great to give him back if not you know and you hear rumors of other players and uh, i think they're pretty comfortable with finding somebody comparable in terms of uh, production and talent and so they're being patient with it yeah. Um, you know, they, they brought back Chooks and he got 10 million a year. That, that's fine. I mean, I, he's, he's got upside in terms of he's 24, 25 years old. He takes care of his bodies in good shape and maybe the system they're now going to run, which I'm, I'm pretty excited about. He fits better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but part of me is like, well, you pay him 10. How come we can't pay Terrell Edmonds half of that? Right. Agreed. Kind of shifting gears a bit, Malik Willis has been rumored to the Steelers over the hills and through the woods and then back again. And last week there was a report that Todd McShay was talking to the Liberty head coach, Hugh Freeze, um, and made mention that Mike Tomlin made the comment that they'd like to select Willis, but they don't think he's going to be available there at pick 20. Now, you can read into that that Tomlin is being truthful. They're not going to reveal their full uh, draft strategy uh, and, and approach there. Um, but there's been a lot of talk that the team potentially could move up to make a move for, for Willis. Um, hearing that comment, do you think the team is going to stand pat at 20? Or do you think if they really do, like one of these QBs, they will trade up in the first round? I'd be shocked if they moved up. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a, a poor choice on their part just because they don't, <laughs> they don't really have the draft capital right now. Uh, they're not going to get comp picks next year based off of who they signed and who they lost. You know, they already gave up a couple picks, you know, in the Devin Bush deal and that hasn't really worked out yet. Plus, I mean, the kid's six foot tall. He's just over six feet. So he's not, and, you know, I've heard the Stephen McNair comparisons, but he's not 6'3". Mm-hmm. He'll buy time and he's physical and, you know, he can make plays and he's got a big arm. But he's still six foot tall. He still took 51 sacks. 
Uh, you know, I listen to Chris Sims talk about him, and a lot of times he's passing up on first reads and he's not seeing the field. And to me, that's a huge red flag. Mm. I know, like, the system that they're going to use, hopefully they get under center, they're running bootlegs, they're going to take advantage of athleticism at the quarterback position. But this draft is not the one to be trading up because there's a high ceiling possibly with him, but there's a low floor. And he's, again, like, he's not 6'3". Mm-hmm. So that ceiling, how high is it? Because when it's third down, it's third and five, third and seven, and you got to go into a four-minute drill, how well is he seeing the field? Yeah. You know, he's already struggling with that a little bit in college. And now he's got to he's got to see over uh, the offense and the defensive fronts. I'm not comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable with him at 20, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would not like to see him uh, move up for him. Uh, there's high upside there, but like we talked about in the previous podcast, most of these quarterbacks are flaming out. Mm-hmm. Um, now, is it smoke screen or not? We'll find out, you know, on, on draft day in the first round. But I'm hoping that it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not that he can't. There's things I like about him, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but there's just – I think a lot of these guys are being pushed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in the first round and there's, there's a lot of talk and I think it's fairly accurate just looking over some video that I do and not that I pour over it like that I have time for, to do that <laughs> uh, but just looking for certain things that I see I can I think these guys are getting pushed up too high and yeah he's got the arm talent he can roll out and chuck it 67 yards down the field out of money in a in a pro day uh but can you read the defense and can you can you see the field and do you have pocket presence and all those things that you're going to need? Uh, there's question marks there. Yeah. And, and and I'll get into more of my take when we start talking about pick 20, uh, yeah. the meat here, <laughs> and I'll kind of yeah. give my, my side there. But that's, you know, that's great insight. And those are all great points and definitely something that the Steelers are probably, you know, commiserating through right now as they figure out which direction they're going to go. And then we'll close up with the last piece, uh, the latest Steelers news after a ferocious start to free agency and the the numerous signings that occurred, it's been a bit quiet recently. And I think Steelers nation was a bit spoiled there with all those signings. Um, But the team did sign Jannard Avery earlier this week, guy who could play both inside and outside backer any take on what he can add to this team in 2022? It's hard to say. I mean, he started 12 games for the Eagles last year. Um, he provides depth at both inside and outside linebacker. And so, you know, I liked him going into the draft and they took uh, Samuels, the, the running back from NC State. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, the uh, Steelers did in the fifth round. And, you know, but – Avery was a kid that I had my eye on running four, five, nine, you know, 251 pounds, six foot one thick, great change of direction numbers, you know, productive kid. And then I guess he had some medical issues, but, uh, you know, I just think it's, it's a good pickup for them. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it might be better than let's say Spillane behind, you know, uh, miles Jack. So, Mm -hmm. And then you can use them on the outside. And so you can use them as a little bit of a chess piece, move them around, which, you know, they like to do and Tomlin likes to do. So smart signing, one-year deal, uh, just providing depth and competition. Yeah. 
And I think, at least from my perspective, I think that eliminates the need to select an inside backer, at least early in the draft, maybe in the later rounds. But you took a guy like Buddy Johnson last year in the fourth round. Um, You know, I think they're a position that was a bit uncertain and shaky. You know, we still don't know what's going to happen with Devin Bush, you know, a year removed from the, you know, I guess two years removed from the the tear. But it feels a little bit more stable with Miles Jack and now the signing of Avery. Um, yeah. I don't think they're going to address inside linebacker in the first four rounds. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly later, like you said. Yeah. Right. So we've agreed up until this point, but now we're going to get to the part of the show where we're going to disagree. And that's uh, talking about pick 20. And yeah. I think we both have different perspectives on where we see the team going. So we thought it'd be a fun exercise to Matt's going to share where he sees the team going with pick 20. Uh, I'm going to share where I see the team going and, and we're going to have a, a, a bit of lively banter here as we talk through the Steelers first round, possible first round selection. So Matt, if you want to kick, kick it off. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to start with putting a little pressure on you right here. Uh-oh. Okay. No, it's just fun. Uh, 2013 when the Seattle Seahawks won the Super Bowl, can you tell me the three receivers that they had? Oh gosh. I remember Jeremy Stevens at tight end. Only well, that was back in the day. You're thinking 2005. Uh, 2005. 2015. So. Oh, you're talking 2015. Oh, geez. Where they were uh, uh, one yard away from possible dynasty or back to back. Was Lockett one of them? Uh, no. You know, I don't. I don't know that. I that was yeah. a Brady Super Bowl, so I couldn't. I couldn't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> you were what? I couldn't watch the Brady Super Bowl, man. I was. Oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I can totally relate to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you had Doug Baldwin, okay, Golden Tate, and Jermaine Curse, and not studs. And you win forty-three to eight, and they played a certain way. They get down, throw. They're coming downhill. Mm-hmm. They're running play action, and they're winning with the front seven. Yeah. So. I want to win with the front seven. I want to come downhill. I want to run play action. You know, and I think Trubisky can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think he can play the Ryan Tannehill game. And now Tannehill three, had three interceptions against Cincinnati. And we don't want that. But in two playoff games for Trubisky, he's yet to turn the ball over. And that's something that Roethlisberger can have a hard time saying. You know, he, he's been playing, a, a, you know, playoff games that he didn't protect the ball too well. And when he did, they won, you know? And so uh, I would say also for anybody to go back on YouTube and take a look at the 2020 week 15 game, Trubisky against Chicago, because the last several games of the year, that's where Matt Nagy got out of his own way and said, all right, we're going to get under center. We're going to run play action. We're going to run these bootlegs. And he had a lot of success. And in that game, they win 33 to 27. He goes 15 to 21 for 205 yards, almost 10 yards of pass attempt. They hand it to their back 35 times. And this is how you win. This is how you win with him. Mm-hmm. Too many times he was standing in the gun, spreading it out, playing a game that doesn't suit his, his style. And you don't have to win that way. Mm-hmm. I don't know why these co- coaches think that you have to throw 60% of the time and you have to spread it out. You still got to win on third down, but man, you can get under center. And I love the direction I think Canada's taking them inside, outside zone. 
these athletic offensive linemen they've brought in through free agency. We both like Mason Cole, Daniels. These guys are going to be able to pull. They're going to be able to run zone. They're going to be able to run a little pin and pull, you know, and do the things that are going to make them versatile to be able to run the ball up front and disguise play action with a guy who can move like that. You know, that they, there's a lot of potential there. And the thing that I'm looking at right now, this is a huge opportunity for them is that you see what you have in him for a year. You, you put the line in place. You got Najee. Najee needs a compliment that if Najee goes down, that you have somebody similar to him. Mm-hmm. And you're running that play action game and you're building a front seven that's dominant because these Super Bowl champions that were all, I don't care if they had the great defenses. It didn't matter if it was cover two, press bail, cover three, like Seattle had, you know, or, you know, the Tampa two. Uh, go down the line and all these great defenses, they all had great front fours and they all had great front sevens. And the Steelers are one more piece on that defensive line away. You know, you get stuff to it back. We don't know he's going to get you because he's sat out a year mm-hmm. and he could be the old stuff to it. And now if you get a, let's say like a Devonte Wyatt or a Travis Jones at the nose coming in, stuffing the run now that we're collapsing the pocket and we're letting TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith get home, I like my chances against anybody. Mm-hmm. I love what they did on the outside, getting smart corners, $4 million deals. You know, Witherspoon's a smart dude. Levi Wallace, there's no quitting that kid. You know, he, he's just a tough football player, smart football player. So is Cam Sutton. And you unleash the front seven. And that could be a top three defense. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, if that D-line is dominant again, if we have another Javon Hargrave type to go with, you know, hopefully to it returning and can. So I'm looking at that, and that's that's where I'm, I'm, I'm thinking this team has the potential to do it, and they have to commit to running the ball. We'll see if Mike Tomlin does it. You know, because, you know, Seattle, when they won almost two back-to-back, the second year they lost it, they – had three other five starting you know defensive backs out this third and 13 twice Brady converts it that game is 24 14 it should be over you know and your leading receiver was Doug Baldwin you didn't have a golden tape the second year yeah. your third receiver was Luke Wilson and you were this close away to being a, a back-to-back Super Bowl title winner running it over 50 percent of the time mm-hmm. run the ball run the play action have a dominant defense. And then now guess what? If Trubisky works out, I still don't pay him. I keep him at 20 million because I'm not paying these dudes 45 million and 50 million a year. And then I'm going to draft a guy the next year and I got five years where I don't have to pay a quarterback top dollar and I can keep a deep, deep uh, roster with a, a top three defense. And I get downhill with Najee. And I'm running play action. I can take an average quarterback. I like my chances. I think the quarterback position is a little bit overvalued. I'm not saying it's not important, but it is a team game. And I just see it. And I think there's potential there. Mm-hmm. I think he's a great dude. You know, all his teammates love him. He's going to be the first guy in, the last one to leave. And so is Mason Rudolph. But that's going to inspire the locker room. And those guys, when you're running downhill – and you got a quarterback that you love, those guys are going to be playing physical and going to be playing hard. I think there's more potential here than what the outside media likes to talk about with 
with Trubisky. I'm not saying he's going to be a top 10, but I'm saying give this, give it a year mm-hmm. because next year the quarterback class is supposed to be better. And if he flames out, well, great. Cause now you're, you're picking in the top 15 probably anyway, <laughs> you know? So, but you at least have an opportunity to see it. Cause I've looked at those games that he's played and he can get it done the way, the way Tannehill and Garoppolo gets it done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So put him under center and, uh, and run run it 50% of the time, and he's got the legs, and now it's third and one, and you do a little RPO to Najee, and you're converting down at the goal line. You're converting on short yardage. And I see the potential of it, and that's why I'm excited about it, and I don't want to give up on it. I want to give it a year and see what it's capable of. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then build that dominant defense. So, so at 20, you're saying defensive line. Yeah. So, and who, who were the, I guess who, who and you mentioned uh, some of the Georgia guys, but if you just want to go back through who, who, you, who would be maybe the top, top D lineman you would take there that you think would be available and who would be your second. It's hard to say. Cause here's what I trust Tomlin in this situation. I trust him defensively. I, I don't really trust his judgment offensively. I haven't really in, felt com- comfortable with the offense since he's really been there in some form or fashion, it's just doesn't look right. And it just doesn't have that championship feel to it. And it just, there's no rhythm to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but defensively, he knows what he's doing. If it's Devontae Wyatt, I'm fine with that. Uh, because Alu Alu, uh, he's a similar dude. You know, he's 62, 295. It's not the big 330 pound nose tackle anymore. You know, they're lining them up in the one gap and they're, they're penetrating, you know, it's not, they're not playing zero technique with Casey Hampton style necessarily anymore, but man, Travis Jones really intrigues me. I mean, he's, you know, six, four and a half, 328 pounds, 325 pounds. It's not just the four nine two and the arm length. that's similar. And I wrote about it similar to Cam Hayward and, uh, Everything, his numbers from his hand size to his arm length to his 4.9240, similar to Cam Hayward. Great kid. They say he has a motor on him that's incredible. You know, uh, Arthur Motes was comparing him to Aaron Donald. I don't know about that, but he was just talking <laughs> about his arm movement because he's he's not really a, a pass rusher yet. But, like, God, when you are that big and can move that well and he's agile and he hustles his ass off, I like – Somebody like him in round one, maybe as a sleeper. Jeremiah says he's he's got him going at 27. I saw one mock having him going 14 to the Ravens. You just never know. I think they could be smoke screening and, and liking any of these three defensive linemen because they haven't signed one in free agency. Mm-hmm. They brought back the kid from Auburn, you know, and he's 6'3", 304, and it's the exact same size as Wyatt. But I don't think they're relying on a kid that they signed off the street that, you know, they still were 32nd in the league and stopping the run. You know, I, I, I like the dimension of a bigger body, like a Jones or like a, a Davis, but I don't know how well Tomlin knows how well that fits their defense and what he's looking for. And if he picks Devontae Wyatt, I trust that, mm-hmm. but I would love a kid like Jones. Cause I think that would work too. And he can be a unicorn where you could put him at end. He doesn't have to be a nose tackle his whole career, but He's showing you the athletic athletic ability that he could play in sub package. And I don't need him to get 10 sacks. Right. I just need him to collapse the pocket, stop the run, and let TJ get home. Yeah. And let Highsmith get home. 
Yeah. And I, I just see tremendous potential. And if you get a stud D lineman, that this thing is going to be a top, top three defense again quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, with the guys that they got in the middle now. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great argument. I mean, I mean, how, how, I definitely see the the merits there. So yeah. I guess yeah. I'll, I'll give my, my perspective here. Yeah. I want to uh, hear it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I definitely believe that we have to give Trubisky a shot to see what he is capable of doing. I'm, and I'm rooting for the guy. I mean, I'm hoping that it's an open competition between he and Mason, but I think the writing's on the wall that this is Trubisky's show. And I do feel if it's a more of a conservative game plan, like you said, where they're 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 doing the rollouts, they're doing the play action, they're they're emphasizing the running game, that that's going to put him in the in the best position to to succeed. You can't have him drop back 50, 60 times. That's no. playing to his strengths. On top of that, if your defense is built in a way to where they're an elite unit, then you're, those both units play off each other because ball That's control it. offense, you're controlling the clock. Yep. You're not having your defense out there on the field to get fatigued. Yep. Um, so it makes sense. There's a lot of synergy there. Right. I guess my concern with selecting a defensive lineman that early, especially if it's going to be someone at the nose, is just – the percentage of time that they're actually on the field, how often do they play in that base defense right, right. unless they're going to use uh, yeah, the right. defensive tackle in some type of sub package, which yeah. I, I would expect the most creative Steelers defense this year of, of all years with the new D coordinator with Flores right. on board. Yeah. Um, now he so, can't be just strictly a nose tackle. He's right. got to be a guy that can, can play in sub package and even maybe – convert over the end the following year, assuming that to it leaves, he's got a year left of this contract and we right. don't even know if he's coming back this year. Right. And if and he that's... does come back, how effective is he going to be? Cause I feel for the guy, but you know, psychologically, you know, how well is he going to prepare during the off season to be able to be ready? These are all unknowns. And so I think it's, I think they, I don't want you don't want to reach, but I think there's guys there that, uh, Devontae Wyatt, you know, 304, 477 with a 162 10 yard get off. Yeah. You know, and he, you put him in, he's, you could do the alo alo thing, but also maybe play an end. And he's definitely going to be able to play in sub package. Mm-hmm. I have questions with him. There's been some character uh, reports, and I'm always a guy in leaders, bringing in leaders and hard workers. And not to say that he isn't, maybe he's grown up. I don't know. I don't have all the information. Yeah. I do know that Jones is a phenomenal kid and that makes, you know, he checks a lot of boxes except for being at Connecticut, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, but, yeah, so, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I definitely can, can see that. Um, but I guess the, the way that I would approach pick 20 is I definitely feel that there's a need at, at the defensive line, but there are so many unknown variables right now and I'm holding out hope, which is a terrible idea. The two it does return and he's back out there on the field. You have a Lulu back. Yeah. I think Montrevious Adams being re-signed, having time to develop being in the system, learn the defense, mm-hmm. get acclimated. Sure. Then I think, and then Loudermilk has uh lot is it louder louder milk? Yeah. Louder milk. Yeah, you know, another year. And I think they can add a guy, maybe uh warmly too. Warmly, yeah. But I think they can add a big bodied knows like Neil Farrell out of LSU, maybe in the third or fourth round, they could do what you're talking about, but you're not expending your first round 
pick on, on the guy. And right. he's not going to be on the field that much. If you're drafting, drafting that player in the third or fourth round, I think that makes more sense. And to yeah, me, man. the way I'm looking at this, and Ed Bouchette wrote about this today, and I'm not stealing this idea because sure. I have talked about this previously, but in terms of a quarterback, if it doesn't work out with Trubisky this year, Rudolph's only signed through this year, and you have Dwayne Haskins, which, <laughs> I mean, we don't know what he is yet, but I think we do know what he is, but we don't want to admit it yet in Steelers sure. Nation. But if there is a guy that this organization believes in, and he's there at pick 20, I wouldn't trade up. Then you right, take right. him. Right, and right. I don't think that play, I don't think that quarterback starts this year. This is Trubisky's year. Right. And then, you know, let's say that the bottom falls out by midseason, then you could go to your younger guy. But right. in, in all reality, I think he's this player, whoever it is, whether it's Pickett, it's Willis, or it's Ritter, they're going to need to sit a year. You know, you, you talked yeah. about Willis just being able to read the field. He's he's looking at his first read and then he's, he's panicking. And, um, you know, so I, I think that they're going to need to give all these quarterbacks are going to need time to develop in a system. Trubisky buys them that year. Then you're not losing, you're not losing a year to wait for a quarterback to develop. So if they drafted next year, they're going to have to wait. Cause I don't yeah. think this is an organization that's going to throw a quarterback into the fire. Some might say, well, that's what happened with Ben Roethlisberger. Right. That only happened out of necessity. Right. Because Maddox got hurt. But either way, if it's going to make this team better, and if Trubisky can be that player that you're speaking of and you can have that elite defensive unit, however they get it done and get the win. But I think for me, at the end of the day, which which player or which position has the most influence and impact on the team? To me, it's quarterback because they're they're touching the ball every play. Like I said, it won't be this year. And again, it goes back to if their guy is there, then I think that that, that has to be their selection. Sure. No, I understand that completely. Yeah. And I, I just look at these guys, though, and I say, well, who isn't already a game manager? You look at the, the, the size or the arm talent. And I think whether they're a four or five year guy, you're going to be asking them likely to do the same other than Malik Willis who has the higher upside of anybody but you're going to have to ask them to do the same things that you're going to ask at Trubisky and if you threw a young Mitch Trubisky into this draft you know most of the experts out there say that he would be at the top of the list mm -hmm. now he's 26 27 years old he's had that much more development I think guys we give up on guys too easily yeah. uh, Matt Nagy was oh it was awful yeah. What was going on over there? That's why I was interested in before, because, you know, you take somebody like James Winston who played for Sean Payton, or you take somebody like Mariota who played for Ar Arthur Smith. And I already know they had high upside systems and coordinators. And this guy didn't. And, you know, they sung his praises with the bills. And I, I think there's, there's meat on that bone there that I want to see. Yeah. And I want to put a unit around him. And maybe they draft a quarterback and they go 13 and four, and then you got a good problem on your hands. And then maybe you got a, a draft capital trade piece there. Um, but I, I just looking at some of the games that he's played and yeah, he's had some bad turnovers, but I also seen Warren moon throw five interceptions against the Steelers and Cowers opening game. And he's a hall of famer. Yeah. You know, like uh, it seems back in the day, guys had a little bit more leeway on making mistakes, especially when they were younger 
mm-hmm. than guys do today. It's like either you get it done in the first two years or you, you're not, you're done. And I don't, yeah. I don't think that's smart business. Guys get better and better, especially guys that work hard like him and our athletes. Right. And there's things I see that I don't, I, he tucks the ball a little bit too early. And, but I'm just intrigued by it, yeah. especially from, from like the salary cap standpoint. Yeah. Of keeping a team around. Right. And I, I will say this too. I, I do feel like teams give up on quarterbacks too early. My thing with quarterbacks in the draft is the draft is already an inexact science. And if you go back and look historically, quarterbacks taken in the first round, I don't I don't put any faith or trust in um the evaluations of these quarterbacks and their their draft profiles to say, well, this guy's seal ceilings cat i'm not and i'm not referring to your analysis here but a lot of the criticisms that you hear of quarterbacks coming out in the draft because for every player that is projected to be outstanding like joe burrow there is uh your corresponding um ryan leaf and i know that's going back i think it's more about the organization the coaching staff the leadership, the personnel. Absolutely. I think if you bring a player in and you have an organization like the Steelers who understands it and gets it and knows how to surround the player and the players a fit, they have a better chance to succeed. Let's say, for instance, the Trubisky was drafted by the Steelers. Right. Got to sit behind Ben, had that time to right. develop, had the resources and the support. You know, what type, what type of career would he have in this right. type of organization? Because let's, let's be honest, I, Jim, no offense. I know you're from Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, one, he'll, I'm sure he'll be watching this. But the Bears have not been a great organization. No. And look, look, I'm in the Detroit area. I'm probably the one of the reasons why I had a Steelers shirt on my fourth birthday and been a Steelers fan my whole life is it's the worst organization in professional football, the Detroit Lions. And what would have happened to Joe Montana if he got drafted by the Detroit Lions? He got drafted by Bill Walsh and the San Francisco 49ers and put into an ideal situation. And I think situation is so important for guys. Mm-hmm. I do think what Canada wants to do, which is very similar to Kyle Shanahan, and I've been beating that drum for years, to get under center and run play action in a way that you can disguise and you don't know the difference between whether it's a run or a pass and support the quarterback. See, I've never understood why these organizations feel like they got to once they pay the guy or they get the the elite guy, why they got to stand back there and put all the pressure on them. You, Troy Aikman won three Super Bowls because they didn't change the formula. Mm-hmm. You know, they still went through the run first and play action, and he was good with that. His ego didn't get in the way mm-hmm. uh, like Ben's did. You know, Ben wanted to be the man. He wanted to be he wanted to be Brady and Manning. And, you know, three yards in the cloud of dust is not there anymore. Even though he went twenty six and four, his his first two years, he kept trying to tug away from that and get back to spreading it out. And uh, it wasn't Steeler football. Yeah. You see similar, I bring up Seattle because once they paid Russell Wilson and they lost their defense and he, they put more on him, they were never close. They were pretenders too. Yeah. And you just see it. You see Garoppolo run it 50% of the time and he's within a hair of winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, they say, well, he was average, but their right guard was getting killed by Chris Jones. And, you know, if he wasn't, maybe they win that Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just there. You know, I think it's there. 
with a, a, a solid guy more more than we we want to acknowledge the media acknowledges you don't have to have the top five guy right right well, yeah we could talk quarterbacks all night we might I, as well, i'm telling you this guy <laughs> we, we 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 might as well cut it off there we're already over our 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 desired time limit we have to do like uh a round two I know, I know, and, and and the audience didn't see the the ten minute conversation that happened before we got on here. We oh, can go yeah. for days. We can go for days. It'd be a marathon, but it would be. Yeah, we'll, Matt, we'll have to get back on here again yeah. soon. And just, I, I guess, real fast to, to kind of closing thoughts. Yeah. You know, if you are going D line in first round, what position are you targeting? Second round or player? I mean, it's pretty obvious looking at the roster that wide receivers got a, a huge hole. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I want to go two tight ends, and I, you know, uh, Trubisky never had a Claypool and a Deontay Johnson. He had Allen Robinson and a bunch of nobodies. Yeah, and, you know, uh, Anthony Miller was out there, and that was his number two or three at times. I wouldn't mind if they took another player at another position, maybe a Jalen Petrie at, at safety, because he's kind of like a Tyron Matthew, Jordan Whitehead type, who's, you know, a, a cover slot guy, but also is a strong safety play in the box type uh, football player. You know, so that's intriguing if they don't sign a strong safety, but you're looking at receivers and, oh man, I mean, there's, there's plenty of guys to like. If somebody would have slipped out, I'll just give a name. I don't think he'll be there. Uh, with the Christian Watson kid. Oh, oh man, he I got him in my latest mock. Oh, and I watch him run routes. You know, at six four and the quickness and the speed, and he likes to block. I, I don't think he'll be there, but good lord. Yeah. You know, he's only scratched the surface of what he's capable of too. Right. You know, uh, Alec Pierce is intriguing. Uh, you know, I've been listening to Chris Sims a little bit. I appreciate. It. Doesn't mean I agree with everything. He has him as his third receiver. And I, I, I understand why they do the, the Jordan Nelson comparisons. By Jordy Nelson, I don't see necessarily the, the, he does get deep and field stretcher is nice. I think they want more speed at the position, but you know, he's not really a great separator at six foot three in and out of his routes like I see with Watson. Um, and so, I look at, you know, I'm not overly intrigued with guys like Sky Moore. Uh, it's 5'10", 195. He's a slot, and I think they might target a slot. And he runs 4'4", It doesn't really seem like that on tape, you know? But I think there is a little bit of a Debo effect where he's a little bit thicker, even though he's smaller. You can run those jet sweeps that they want to run and misdirection. You get him on the move, and, and now he can break some tackles, and he's a football player. Uh, not just a receiver. I like football players. You know, Heinz Ward should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. As a football player. Antonio Brown is a wide receiver. <laughs> uh, and stat, there's there's wide receivers that get stats, and there's wide, wide receivers that win football games. And, yeah. you, know, I, you know, so I don't know if I'm overly enamored with a, a Sky Moore. I like a Khalil Shakir. We don't even need to get to round three, but a great kid. You know, so maybe if they don't address it, there's opportunity to, to in round three, and I'd have no problem with that. Those are some names I'm looking at, and it's hard to say how it's going to break right. in round two, but I think wide receiver would be the most obvious if they don't take one in round one. But Chris Olave yeah. in round one, 
you know, kind of reminds me of Justin Jefferson. It's like, whoa, this dude runs 4.39. I thought he was just a route runner, kind of like Justin Jefferson running 4.42. And you think uh, he's just a guy that knows how to run routes and catch the ball in traffic. And, you know, so that might be a case. We might both be off on D-line quarterback. It might be wide receiver around one, which I kind of brought that Seattle Seahawks up earlier because you don't need to. Yeah. If you're committing to the run like they, they, they say that they are, then do it, you know? And let's get, let's let's go D-line, let's go O-line, let's, let's address wide receiver in two or three. Let's get back to physical Steeler football in the modern day version, you know? Not running at 60% of the time, but half the time. Laying that foundation that's going to set up the play action. You'll still be able to score 30 if you do it right. Right. Well, well, listeners, you heard it here first. Matt Cecil predicting a return to old school Steelers football. Three yards and a cloud of dust. No way, no. In the (laughs) modern version. The The modern version. Modern Tennessee Titans type uh, San Francisco. Yeah. Hey, sign me up. Yeah. Sign me up. I'm in. I'm in. Well, hey, Matt, it's always great talking Steelers football with you. Uh, Audience, like I said, we can can keep going. Um, But uh, we'll be back probably here in a few weeks, Matt and I, um, with another show. Probably more news will pop off between now and then, so I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about. Matt, I don't know if you have uh, any um, social media that you want to share where people can connect with you yet. Not yet. I got some things in the works. Okay. uh, You know, to serve people and help people out, you know, training and certain things that I do. So, All right. I was just putting it out there to make sure we had that covered. But you can check out Matt's work on the Still City Insider. Um, Check out Jim's work on Still City Insider. You can follow Jim at Jim Wexel on Twitter. You can check out my work at thestillstudy.com. Give me a follow on Twitter, excuse me, at Still Study. And we will see you next time on the Still City Insider Podcast. Take care, everyone.